0: the most important point is that a master knows when not to use it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) you cannot solve everything with a tool you have to know when not to use it it's equally important (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. yeah agreed (laughs) Agreed. agreed
2: This episode is brought to you by our friends at Square. Millions of Square sellers use the Square App Marketplace to discover and install apps they rely on daily to run their businesses. And the way you get your app there is by becoming a Square App Partner Let me tell you how this works. As a Square app partner, you can offer and monetize your apps directly to Square sellers in the app marketplace to millions of sellers. You can leverage the Square platform to build robust e-commerce websites, smart payment integrations, and custom solutions for millions of businesses. And here's the best part. You get to keep 100% of revenue while you grow. Square collects a 0% cut from your sales for the first year or your first 100 Square referred sellers. That way you can focus on building and growing your Square customer base and you get to set your own pricing models. You also get a ton of support from Square. You get access to Square's technical team using Slack. You get insights into the performance of your app on the app marketplace. And, of course, you get direct access to new product launches. And all this begins at changelog.com Square. Again, changelog.com Square.
0: do it it's go time
3: welcome to go time your source for diverse discussions from around the go community subscribe today at gotime.fm and follow the show on twitter we are at gotime.fm special thanks to our partners at fastly for delivering go time super fast all around the world check them out for yourself at fastly.com that's all for me here we go
1: Yes, it is indeed a go time. I will be your host today. I am Johnny Borsico and joining me is the author of the book Mastering Go, Mr. Mihalis Tsukalos, and hopefully I've done your name justice. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Basically, so I became aware of your book, I don't know, maybe, or rather the first edition of your book, um, but maybe a year or two ago. And then um, it seemed like one of those sort of uh, uh, very thick sort of reference manuals. I was like, okay, this is one of those those things you kind of get on your shelves, like old school. You know, you buy those giant tomes and you put them on your shelf and then you use them as a reference every once in a while because nobody reads a book front to back these days. So I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'll, I'll I'll put this book on my shelf. Lo and behold, I never happen to do that. And then the publisher reaches out to me and says, hey, would you like a review copy of this book? And I'm like, sure, yeah. It's not like I, I don't have a dozen other things to do, but hey, I'm, I'm a sucker for you know reviewing go books and i was looking forward to this one uh, as well and and i got the book in the mail started going through it and i was basically i was like yeah i was nodding in a a few places i'm like yep yep that's how i would explain that and in other places i'm like okay yeah that's a different way of explaining it but you know the thing is you know as i was flipping through the book and i certainly looked at you know different areas of the book to see how you explain things and you know um you see, see how okay are there some tricks and tips and things that I can, you know, uh, steal from you is to explain certain things as well, you know, and teaching people go. Then when the opportunity came up, you know, for uh, I think I was like talking about it on Twitter or something like that, and, and you chimed in and I'm like, OK, so, you know, he seems friendly enough. Why don't I just have him on the show? Right. So we can actually talk about the book, but not just about the book, but really the title. Basically, I find intriguing and I wanted to sort of talk about right what it is like to master Go. Right. Basically, we're going to go meta with this. Right. But yeah, uh, for those who don't know um, who you are, you are on Twitter. Um, uh, Twitter handle is M-A-C-T-S-O-U-K and you're a systems engineer and a technical writer. Right. So obviously the writing is is important. You're writing books and everything. This is the third edition of your book. I wanted to start out with basically, well, I'll give you a chance to sort of add any flavor you want to your intro. Like what else have you been up to?
0: Okay. So, hello everyone. Thanks for listening to us and Johnny, thanks for the for the opportunity to to come to your podcast. I mean, <laughs> I'm a Unix person. I like Unix. I don't know why, but I like Unix. So, you know, (laughs) and system stuff. And uh, I used to be an Oracle DBA and I used to work with Cisco iOS, you know, operating system of Cisco, not the Apple version of iOS (laughs) and Unix and, you know, setting up and mail, uh, DNS uh, with (laughs) bind uh, and all these things that, you know... (laughs) Some people find miserable, but I, I really like them.
1: Yeah, I used to be a rite of passage, you know? <laughs> Set up your own mail server and everything, your own DNA, yeah, yeah. Yeah, send mail with
0: M4, you know, configuration files and that things, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And working with uh, versions of Unix other than Linux, <laughs> like mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. the IBM version AIX or the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hewlett-Packard version of Unix, uh, HPUX. And Solaris, my favorite one. So, I'm a systems person. I like Unix. So, and I like writing software. So, every time I see a system programming language, I like to try it. Okay. Yep. I like C very much, but you know, C is not perfect. I don't like C++ though. Oh. <laughs> it's too complex for me. Mm-hmm. So, the idea was to find something that I can write system software. But without having to worry about you know, c stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how I started, uh, you know, getting interested in Go. And when I learned that Rob Pike was involved, uh, you know, <laughs> that was a big plus. So mm-hmm. I started uh, working more with Go and learning Go more. And after some time, I just wanted, you know, to write the book that I would like to read when I was learning Go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, the thing is that um, first I wrote a series of uh, articles for a computer magazine in uh, the UK. Mm -hmm. I don't know, 10 or I don't know, or maybe 12, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. A series of articles that uh, at the end, uh, you know, became something like uh, the table of contents of the book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, you know, you have to prepare. And uh, that's how it started uh, getting involved with Go. You know, you can't trust a programming language too early but uh, you have to you know mm-hmm. you have to work with it see how it goes and mm-hmm. see if you want to keep working with it
1: right yeah i definitely agree with that sentiment the the fact of the matter is when you when you say hey you wanted to basically write a book that you'd have liked to to learn you know go with the approach you took with the book i definitely didn't think this was a beginner book right and i think you know it, it's that's something, that's something that usually when i give references to people for learning material right i usually ask them like what level Are you at? Are you are you an existing programmer who's going to pick up a new language? Or are you brand new to programming? Or are you, you know, a die, you know, basically a die-hard functional programming developer or are you um, well as your preferences right and when I picked up this book the first place I went and is in the intro basically says okay who, who is this book for right and basically you know right then and there it says hey this is an intermediate book right so then I was like okay great that means when when I start going through that book I'm not going to see things like this is what a conditional is right it'll just say hey this is how Go does conditional right or things like that of that nature so when I went through the book and basically once I understood sort of the frame of reference that you were using to actually write the book, then the sort of the gripes I might have had with it, right? I started basically saying, well, okay, so if Mehalas is making these sort of a, um, these assumptions about the reader, right? Then this is a lens with which I have to like look at this book and ingest some of this book, right? So I think definitely something I want to sort of put put out there, right? Um, you know, and a lot of times folks just pick up a book and then... They'll give a review and, and not really understanding sort of um, basically who the book was targeted for, right? If you're a beginner, you pick up this book, yeah, you'll you'll still learn a lot, but there's some things that are that, that basically that, you know that you you're not gonna go deep into, right? There's some um, some language features that you dive deep into without having to explain the background on them because. You assume that the reader is coming in with a, a sort of a basic understanding of, of at least what Go is and what Go does, right? So that was the sort of the approach I took with the book. And for those who are looking to pick it up as well, that's what they should expect. That said, I kind of wanted to give you a sort of a chance to to sort of a, a narrate a little bit on sort of a yes, this is a book that you would have liked to have had, but now that you've ha- you've been working with Go for a while, right? obviously you're going to have a biased answer for this, but do you believe a book like this, right? Maybe not necessarily your book, but a book like this, right? It's sort of the the right entry point for somebody who's come, maybe coming from another language and looking to get into Go, right? Is this a book for just learning Go period or are you targeting sort of a, a one level deeper, right? Not just for the person who's willing to pick up Go, but as you mentioned, you like, like systems programming, right? Will a systems programmer find this book, uh, this Go book in particular, a lot more their speed, or should they look at something else more targeted at systems programming?
0: It depends. Generally speaking, if you have some experience with programming, you should pick up mastering Go very, very quickly because you know you have to have some experience. If you have the experience, then you can work with it very, very easily. Because programmers know that uh, the key point to learning something is practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, some things we find them difficult, and we have to look again. And other people find other other things difficult, and they have to to look them multiple multi types times in order to understand them. With Go, I mean, one thing that surprised me with Go is that uh, you didn't have the child and fork and uh, things that you do in C. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to you know to understand it and understand that I have to work with goroutines instead. You have to practice to to understand that. But, I mean, in order to have, uh, you know, to look for fork, you have to know about fork. So if you know Mm -hmm. fork, then you can understand what is going on there. Mm -hmm. Again, I think that the key point is practice. If you practice, then uh, if you want to practice, you will be okay. And the good thing with the book is that even I use it as a reference sometimes, many times. Because you can remember everything.
1: (laughs) That must give you some special kind of pride to be using your own book as a reference. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes.
0: This is a good point, not as a pride, but as a thing that you can, you know, it is useful. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not a pride because I have read many books and uh, I have used them as a reference as well. I I mean, Mm -hmm. many people have done that, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's good to find it useful because, you know, you cannot remember everything. Right. You can't have everything in your mind.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Google driven development is a thing. Um, <laughs> I partake in Google driven development myself. So no shame in my game right? you know, nobody can remember everything and the new ones of everything. And every once in a while, you know, I'll still go to, you know, one of my favorite uh, uh, resources um in the Go community is gobyexample.com for example for example for example um, yeah, gobyexample.com is a great resource that I regularly reference right even to this day after having been doing Go for like five years or something I'll be like oh, okay how do I initialize this again or how do I, you know what's the technique for doing this again like usually like one of the things I constantly re- refer to is uh, how do I properly seed a randomiz- for randomization right I always have to go look up okay what's the package ran something you know seed whatever right like these things that, you know even though you, you, you use them uh, frequently like you know sometimes it's okay what's the syntax or what's the what is this type that I use all the time that I need to learn a little bit more about what is this package in the standard library that I've used a dozen times and I've never I've only ever tried one or two functions from this package and what else does it offer kind of thing right so I think this is sort of a continuous sort of a, a journey right uh, of mastering go which is something i definitely want to get to and talk about in a bit sort of at the philosophical right level what does it mean to master go but this is a 650 page book so again it's a hefty it's a chunky book right lots of topics covered what do you think was the most sort of interesting parts for you to research and write about
0: the go garbage collector Ooh! i really enjoy everything about that <laughs> <laughs> and learning about it and then you know writing about that i really enjoyed it and uh, i also enjoyed uh, lots of external uh, libraries like uh, viper and cobra and, mm-hmm. and and gorilla i really liked because the, you know they extend the language in a good way mm-hmm. but especially cobra and viper are really helpful and uh, as i'm i'm working with some rest apis uh, I use uh, gorilla mukes, and uh, I'm trying also to learn gene to understand what their differences are and uh, which one is better for what job. I mean that's the experienced part. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to to learn about something, but it's another thing to be able to to choose based on you know on facts or that's a difficult part.
4: I'm Gerhard Lazu, host of Ship It, a show with weekly episodes about getting your best ideas into the world and seeing what happens. We talk about code, ops, infrastructure, and the people that make it happen, like charity majors from Honeycomb.
2: We act like great engineers make great teams, when it's exactly the opposite. In fact, it is great teams that make great engineers.
4: And they Farley, one of the founders of Continuous Delivery.
1: Start off assuming that we're wrong, rather than assuming that we're right test our ideas, try and falsify our ideas. Those are better ways of doing work. And it doesn't really matter what work it is that you're
4: doing, that stuff just works better. We even experiment on our own open source podcasting platform so that you can see how we implement specific tools and services within changelog.com, what works and what fails.
3: It's like there's a brand new hammer and we grab hold of it and everyone gathers around. We put our hand out and we we strike it right on our thumb. And then everybody knows that hammer really hurts when you strike it on your thumb. I'm glad those guys did it. I've learned something instead. Yeah,
4: I think that's a very interesting perspective, but I, I don't see it that way. Okay, It's an amazing analogy, but I'm not sure that applies here. Listen to an episode that seems interesting or helpful. And if you like it, subscribe today. We'd love to have you with us. Speaking of the sort of the
1: research and writing process, how long did the uh, at least the first edition, right? So I'm assuming you've been sort of uh, with each edition, you're you're not. Rewriting everything, you're just updating a few parts. You know, some things that have changed, maybe some idioms have changed and whatnot. Roughly, how long did it take you to publish the first version to write the first version?
0: Given the the experience that I had with the articles and, and another book that I have written for Pack is the Go Systems Programming, which helped a lot. It's one edition. It's it's the first book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me. And a lot of preparation. Though it took me six to eight months, but uh, with a lot of preparation, you know, you cannot start from zero and expect right. to have the book ready in eight, six months. But a lot of preparation, mm-hmm. a lot of preparation, a lot, a lot of code. I mean, you have to have some code, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ready.
1: So did you enjoy, like in my mind, right? Uh, having collaborated on book projects and things. In my mind, there are. There's the thing that I'm writing about, and then there's the writing about the thing that I'm writing about, right? Those are very, very different disciplines, very different skill sets, right? Writing about something you know and doing the thing you know are very different things, right? I can write go all day and, and feel like I know what I'm doing, but the process of writing, right, even if you know I, I've written before, Writing a book and sort of having to go, working with an editor, working with uh, people that are going to give you feedback on on the writing process, you know, the the tools and resources that you use as a writer, these things are not sort of your day to day typical programmer tool, right? There's always sort of a learning process that's also taking place with regards to the act of writing a book or the act of creating a training or a course or the act of creating something for relaying and conveying information to another human being, right? That in itself is a separate skill set that you you have to develop. I wonder how, how you feel about that skill set having gone <laughs> through it a few times. <laughs> how do you feel about that?
0: For this skill set, uh, the, the articles that I'm writing for computer magazines have uh, helped me a lot because for the article you have to to present something and you have a limited space. So you have to have Mm -hmm. uh, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm -hmm. And that helps a lot. So I'm trying to follow the same approach. Mm -hmm. As I told you before, you cannot remember everything. Mm -hmm. If I read something afterwards, I try to, to be sure that it makes sense, at least to me, and then to the readers because... I try, you know what they say, write for your friends, but edit for your enemies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I never heard that one before. I'm going to
0: use that. (laughs) So when I'm editing, I'm I'm really, you know, I'm trying to edit and be a hard judge for my own writing. Mm -hmm. And that I think that helped me a lot with magazines, but also for the books but uh, you know have in mind that i have written some articles for magazines that i'm op- i'm not very proud of <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> it's not perfect it's a process
1: right right right
0: you don't begin perfect it's a process you learn and you make mistakes and then you make more mistakes mm-hmm. you correct something and you know you try You try. We're not perfect. We're
1: just,
0: you know, work in progress.
1: Don't expect to have something like good ready to ship the first time around, the first go around, right? Yeah. I mean, which sounds very much like the engineering process as well, right? You know, you, you never quite get something right the first time. You know, that's why we have, you know, sort of even idioms around the act of writing software right you know write a test to get a failure you know make the test pass you know and and rinse and repeat right like we haven't have like a mnemonics and things like around these things uh, so it, it, it's it's i think we shouldn't expect any different right from from a different kind of creative process it's just ones that you're not writing code although i must say I, I'm, I'm envious of it because you know I'm sort of picking your brain on in this whole thing because I, I too, want to write books on, on Go and whatnot. And I'm like picking your brain and say, OK, well, what should I run away from? <laughs> you know, if I were to take on such a project, what should I run away from or watch out for? What are the pitfalls to taking on sort of a writing project? Not necessarily exclusively about Go, but really about any task of, of this nature like you know basically you teaching people about how to use a tool this tool being a programming language what do you think some sort of the biggest takeaways for you were about writing this book and creating this project
0: the key to writing the book is to enjoy the process first because if you don't mm. do enjoy the process it's difficult uh, to you know the second is that you have to think of uh, the reader you know as a friend not as money but uh, mm, as something right. that you're trying to help and uh, you know Help, just help. Mm-hmm. Be gentle, try to explain, and uh, don't assume that something that is easy for you, it should be easy for the other people, and vice versa. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to explain something twice, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's a process, it's a process. You have to enjoy the process, and once you enjoy the process, then uh, everything becomes easier. And the other thing that I told you before, that, uh, you know, write for your friends and edit for your enemies. That's, (laughs) you you should be very, you should edit hard uh, Mm. for your own good. I mean, that's the way to do, you have the skeleton, you have the text, but you have to edit hard. I'm still learning that. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy books like the C programming language or the Unix Mm environment, the Unix programming environment. They are, you know, they have the necessary thing only.
1: Right, 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 (laughs) right. (laughs) everything you need nothing you don't
0: yeah and uh, they have written these books with uh, Trough and you know unix tools and uh, that's really mm. amazing <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> not even uh, latex yeah not even those modern tools that we have huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is amazing yeah. that is amazing
0: and they have created classic books yep without i mean just for the love of it indeed indeed indeed
1: yeah the, the I always tell folks that uh, Based on all the uh, publishers I've talked to, and you know, having been part of uh, book projects and everything else, I'm like, okay, people who do this, it's not done for money. Uh, this is definitely a labor of love. <laughs> the advance that you get really is not. If you were to map that to your hourly yes. wage, whatever you get now with your employer or consulting, whatever it is, the amount of time you put in, it, it wouldn't even, you wouldn't come close. When you do this, because it's a labor of love. You know, it's not something that unless, unless you have a book that's immensely popular, whatever it is, and you make bank and that's fine. But the vast majority of, of people writing technical books like this, I mean, it is really just to, to share something out with their community and, and for the love of it. I can definitely appreciate that. So again, the book is called Mastering Go. And I wanted to talk about what we believe Mastering Go like today, right, looks like if somebody was started out saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to pick up this language, right? And I want to master it, right? What does that What does that journey look like for somebody who's who's basically, you know, starting today and saying I want to master this language? What, what are the things they need to look out for? What are the approaches that they should they should have? Like, what should they expect? Look, my
0: book is here to help people. Not master Go, but like Go. If you like Go and you use it, you are going to master it. You know, the thing that master thing is marketing stuff, mainly. (laughs) You know, you cannot master something.
1: Right. No
0: book will help you master anything. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. It's like swimming.
0: You cannot master swimming by reading about swimming. You have to write. (laughs) You have to swim, yes. So I just uh, try to make people love Go, understand what they can do and what they can't do with Go mm-hmm. and where Go is what uh, is there advantages and disadvantages of Go and then uh, you know go out and write software that's the key uh, without practice you you won't do anything I mean I, I have been inspired by the C programming language by the book the C programming language I have been inspired by the book the Unix programming environment by mm-hmm. the Stevens books The Advanced uh, Programming in the Unix Environment series of books Mm -hmm. or the TCPIP, the Network Programming Mm -hmm. books by Stevens, these books were my inspiration. Mm -hmm. They didn't teach me everything, Mm -hmm. but they inspired me to to, to write things. I have written an FTP client in in C Mm a long time ago, which was, you know, it was pretty challenging, but rewarding. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the idea.
1: Yeah, you, you're going to learn by bumping your head against <laughs> things and, you know, researching and figuring out how it's done. Yep. That's really the key to mastering anything, right? So yes. you, you have to keep doing it right. For me, whenever I use the, whenever I hear the term use, you know, master this, master that, like, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, like you said, this is, yeah, this is marketing. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> but to me, at some point. I believe you can reach what we can consider the realm of mastery like when you when you can when when somebody can present a problem and then say hey how would you approach this and go and immediately ideas can pop start popping in your head and you know oh yeah i could use a you know a buffer for this i could use some go routines for that i'm going to communicate you know with, over this channel so immediately in your head you start thinking okay how could i approach this right so i think sort of getting to these ideas right to flow in, into your mind at a rapid pace like to me i think that is a that is what shows sort of a sign of mastery exactly as you become so comfortable with the language that it's no longer a matter of of, okay, how do I piece together this syntax? But I have a problem that I want to solve. I want to go from problem statement to, you know, possible solution and something that I can test and not having to worry about, the actual writing of the syntax, right? You can't type fast enough because the language at this point, it becomes your pen, like you're writing it down. So you have the idea in your mind and you're basically just trying to get your, you know, your hand, your physical hand to keep up with your mind, right? Yes, so to exactly. me, when you've mastered Go, or when you're reaching level of mastery, I think that's when you know, right? When you can just, the language sort of fades away, right? It gets out of your way. Right. And it's just about now communicating, right? You know, your design or your idea, your plan, communicating that and, and bringing something to life. Right. That's, that's where I think if somebody's looking for that signal that you can recognize in your own self, how good am I with this thing? Right. I think the, you have to kind of ask yourself, how, how often do I have to, reference basic concepts how often do i have to look up some documentation and something i use often enough how often do i have to so you know that's how i know i still have a lot to learn about go because i'm still looking up some basic stuff sometimes right uh, i'm like okay yeah i've been doing it for a while Me too, yes. but i expect you know hopefully right if i'm lucky i'll still be doing it you know for years and years to come so i expect that sort of an ease right, of just using the language and, and it sort of kind of fading away as a tool and not, not really thinking about it too much. I expect that to come, you know, in another, you know, five, six, seven years, right? So I expect it to be a long journey. Personally, that's why I love Go, because can I stick with this language for a decade? Can I use this language and be happy using it, right, for a decade or more, right? To me, that that's going to give me the, enough time to get to the mastery level. And that's journey I'm on, right? Like, can I spend a decade on on, on this language?
0: Then the most important point is that a master knows when not to use it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) You cannot solve everything with with a tool. I mean, you have to know when not to use it. It's equally important. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So obviously you've been a part of the Go community for a while. Personally, I'm big on on the Go community overall. I think, you know, the technology is technology, but the people is what makes it fun. I'm interested in kind of knowing, do you have any sort of uh, um, stories uh, about the community or people that, you know, some of your favorite uh, gophers or anything like that? Do you have anybody in the community you want to give a shout out to? However you want to do that. Uh, (laughs) But I just wanted to ask at the very least.
0: (laughs) Lots of people, uh, writings have helped me a lot. And uh, Mm -hmm. especially the the official Go blog is really helpful. And mm-hmm. I have uh, read many things from Matt, who is not here with us mm. today. And uh, Bill Kennedy have, uh, yeah. has helped me a lot. Uh, his writings are very, very good. And he's always mm-hmm. ready to help and willing to help people. And, uh, you know, right. uh, and the communities is really, I mean, I don't know if other programming language has uh, have such a, you know, an active and helpful uh, community.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. These are definitely some of my favorite people as well. I happen to also have the the distinct pleasure of uh, co-hosting uh, this podcast with Matt every once in a while. Yeah, along with along with my you know like fantastic other co-hosts um, that uh, sort of uh, grace uh, the mic here uh, every once in a while. And then, again, that for me that's part of the joy, right? I get to hang out with people that share this love, and basically we want the community to be to be a welcoming one. A friendly one, a helpful one, right? So we try to live that, and hopefully, you know, as people new to the community, you know, come in and they feel that love, right? They feel that yes. welcome, and you know, they stick around, right? So I usually say, um, pretty much at every every year, we have a, a GoForCon, which is the big sort of official, I'd say the biggest Go conference that we have uh, um, year round. In over the years, we've gotten a lot more conferences, you know, spread throughout the world as well, uh, but GopherCon is sort of the big one and the one that's usually gets a lot of people sort of uh, showing up on site and everything it has been due to the pandemic. We've had to do it online the last couple of years, but uh, it's going to be in person again uh, this, this year. Oh yes, that's great. So I am looking (laughs) forward to that. I can't tell you how, how much I'm looking forward to that, (laughs) to see people that I haven't seen in quite some time or only online here and there. But yeah, yeah, usually at GopherCon, I usually, I usually see the makeup of the audience—it's usually consistently there are more newbie Go developers, new brand new folks in the Go community, than there are veterans. Right. This means that there are more people coming into the community, right, than there are people you know that have been doing it for a while. You know, every year consistently. So that means Go still has a lot of time, a lot of growth in front of it. We're just going to continue to attract a ton of new people into the community. And to me, it's important that with every layer of growth right every ring in the tree if you will people that that come in and that we you know we add to the community that uh, we continue to sort of uh, um carry on that that sort of a uh, that kindness, right? Be nice to people. Exactly. Be helpful. Exactly. Like all of these things that basically this community sort of has as core values. So we, we definitely want that to, to sort of keep growing along with the with, with the number of people that we have exactly uh, coming into the community. So to me, that's huge, right? So obviously, you know, you you play a, your own role in that in creating learning materials and interacting with people online. So definitely, you're part of that. So you know, on behalf of the community, I say thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, I did want Want to ask a couple more questions, and then we're going to switch it over to uh, unpopular opinions. Hope you brought an unpopular opinion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Obviously, Go is is you know is not the only language uh, um, um, you've used. Obviously, you've done you've done some C and and whatnot. Uh, um, even built an FTP client in C. Who knows? <laughs> you should do that in Go uh, and see and compare notes and see. Like, okay, what what was that experience like? But any anything else that you're actively using uh, today and learning about um, today beyond just Go and old school C?
0: I, I'm using Python a lot nowadays because I'm doing some oh, okay. research things with uh, time series and some and stuff, and, mm. and Python is really good at that. Okay. big data and, and things. Okay, <laughs> for the first time I wrote Java last year. <laughs>
1: I don't oh. like Java,
0: but I, <laughs> I had. Oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad programming language, but it's not my favorite.
1: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. No shade to the Java developers out there. You know, we love, we love you too. I don't like the syntax.
0: It's not a bad programming language, but I don't like the syntax. I mean, I never liked the syntax, but right, right, right. as we said before, uh, it's a common, uh, you know, secret that a good programming can, can write uh, in any programming language. You can pick up a, a programming language really easily, especially when you don't have to deal with graphics and that stuff. If it's a, a command line utility, it's, it's
1: good. Except Haskell. Man, every time I pick up Haskell, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what the heck's going on. <laughs> <Yes>. I digress.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have tried to learn uh, Elixir and Erlang, but, mm. uh, you know, they require a, a different kind of thinking. They are, they are good, right. uh, especially Erlang, uh, Erlag was used for telephone initially, but mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, it's high availability and uh, all these things. It's very really powerful, but, uh, you know, you have to like it and uh, mm-hmm. or you have to, you know, you have to read it again and uh, like it in the process. So I mainly write Python and uh, Go and I'm learning other languages. I mean, I want to write a, a tutorial about the V programming language. I haven't heard it before, but, uh, you know, oh, it's awesome. a good way of... Uh, of learning it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I like Rust of but it's the syntax of Rust is really bizarre. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried Rust?
1: You know, I've played around uh, on some playgrounds and I've read, actually, I, I read in the early days when Russ was like, I think, pre-1.0, I tried to get into it. And since then, you know, there's been some improvements in terms of uh, some things that were kind of weird. In the beginning, they've refined those things. So I need to give it another another go. <laughs> I need to give it another try. A lot of things have been sort of smoothed out. But uh, if I add one more thing on my plate, I'll probably just fall apart. You know, like there's so many balls in the air right now. Like that's my excuse right now. And, and it's a legitimate one. I have so many projects going on. I'm like, okay, before I can add on one more thing, right? To my plate, I have to take one off, right? I have to be done with one project before I take on another one, right? So that's how I'm keeping myself honest. But yeah, it's definitely Russ is on my, is on my, um, to learn, um, list. Basically, I, I try to pick up a new language every two or three years. The last one I picked was go and, and I've, Stuck with that for the last, you know, four or five years or so. Yeah, now now it's time to pick up something uh, new. Definitely not leaving behind Go for sure, um, not by a long shot. Go is still my daily bread. <laughs> it's still my, still what I use for work every day. It's still what I use for my side projects. It's my thing. But uh, yeah, it's always good to learn, right? Something new, and, and it brings in a different uh, sort of a lens which to look at problems. So um, definitely, uh, Ross is on is on my list. Actually, before uh, starting to um, before diving into Go, I actually started picking up Elixir as well, only because you know some of the same people, people folks that were sort of in the Ruby community basically sort of a, were were either working on uh, Elixir or somehow involved uh, in that community as well. So you know, I did a ton of Ruby uh, back then. So naturally, I heard about Elixir and everything else, and started to learn about you know Erlang and the Beam, a virtual machine, and all that stuff. So I learned like a good deal about about that stuff. Um, and then I, I met Go, and then Pretty much all others were cast aside yes. <laughs> once I learned about Go. But uh, definitely, it's, you know, I, th- I think I'm at the point where we're adding something new to the mix. Always be learning. That's how you grow. Always be learning. Yes, yes.
0: And I have, you know, I usually when I want to learn a programming language, I start uh, writing small uh, Unix command line utilities first mm. to see how, you know, how it goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I usually do that. Right. I mean, it's my way of learning, and uh, then I might go to REST API server or client and see how it goes because that's the kind of things that I usually work with. So it doesn't make any sense to write something totally, you know, different.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, indeed, indeed. All right, so we're gonna stretch it over to unpopular opinion, and I'm told I'm I need to play a tune. So here we go. Okay, I'm gonna start playing my tune. <laughs> Right. So you brought some heat. <laughs> Let us hear it. <laughs> okay. I mean,
0: I have two smaller ones, but the first one is that most meetings can't be replaced by emails.
1: <laughs> right. You just send an email. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't think that's going to be unpopular at all. <laughs> A lot of meetings could have been an email.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the second one is that C uh, is the best programming language ever.
1: <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Okay. okay all right all right let me let me mourn that for a second
0: if i have to choose a single programming language mm-hmm. to live with that would be
1: definitely be C. that would be c huh okay yes okay
0: not c++ just c
1: just c you like managing your own memory on that stuff huh
0: <laughs> no, I don't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't anymore. But uh, you oh, know, man. back then it was not easy to have garbage collection or me- automatic memory management. So mm-hmm. otherwise, we wouldn't have Unix, and that's that would be that would be the same.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, yeah. If you didn't have a choice, you know, if you're gonna write C, I mean, you you probably this is close to the metal, um, as they say, you're going to get unless you want to start writing assembly or something. <laughs> but yes, uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I can see that. I can see
3: that. OK,
0: OK. Well, gosh. What's your favorite programming language of all time? I mean, if you have
1: to to pick one. Oh, I mean, clearly, it's, it's gonna be Go. If, you oh, know, okay. That, that's the language I use. Uh, again, you know, you're gonna make me repeat myself. I use it in my day job. I use it on my side projects. I use it for my side side. Pro- I mean, the, the Go is like my go-to. That's the first thing I think of. Even for things that I used to write, write um, sort of a quick Bash uh, or shell script for, or whatever. Or you know, I used to rely on Ruby for a lot of my you know little script to do you know knickknacks here and there. Because the compiler and go is so fast, right? That feedback, I get that feedback immediately and I get type safety and you know all that stuff. So like I've replaced basically even like the random little scripts I used to write, I've replaced all that stuff with just go. So it's quite possible that I'm now using go as a hammer to hit every nail <laughs> but but it yeah. makes it so easy right for me to do that you know but obviously you know again right tool for the job so depending on what project i'm working on if there's already a language that's being used that's not go i adapt to that right so in my repertoire i have at least i don't know 6 7 different languages So every once in a while, you know, I'll come across something that, okay, ah, man, I haven't written Lua in ages, but this thing is written in Lua. Now I got to, you know, brush off my Lua, right? So, or be in Java or reading Python and whatever it is, right? So I think that the key takeaway here really is the, sometimes the, you don't get to pick the best tool for the job. And perhaps that is my unpopular opinion, right? You don't, you don't always get to pick the best tool for the job. Sometimes the tool that was picked, is maybe even the worst possible tool that could have been picked for the job, but that was the tool that was used, right? (laughs) So now you have to deal with it, right? So the unpopular opinion is suck it up, buttercup. (laughs) It is what it is. You know, sometimes you just have to do what you got to do, right?
0: Sometimes people choose the tools for you and you have to, you know, use them.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's true. That's true. That's true. That
1: is exactly it. So, Mihalis, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, yeah, I'm definitely enjoying the book. Thank you. The first thing I did, um, when I got the book, I went straight to the generics stuff and see what, how did you explain generics uh, and, and whatnot? And, and you did a pretty decent job of that. So, uh, um, yeah, for those looking to buy the book, you know, it's available on all the major publisher sites and amazon all that, yes. and all that stuff i think it i think it's already out and ready to be shipped or something but uh, yeah this is the third edition of the book um you know i've been enjoying it so thank you for your contribution to the go community and uh yeah looking forward to uh to more from you um and looking forward to your active participation of the community as well
0: so thank you very much and thank you very much for your kind words i, I really enjoyed being here And maybe we can, you know, we can talk again in the
1: future. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Well, if you keep writing these books, I'm going to keep having you on. Come talk about them. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, y'all. It's been awesome.
3: So let's put on some outro. All right. That is our show for this week. Thanks for listening. And hey, shout out to everyone who helped with the big Go 1.18 release that dropped this week quite the achievement y'all if this is your first time listening don't forget to subscribe at go there you'll also find our favorite episodes a list of the most popular ones and a request form where you can let us know what you want to hear about on the pod. special thanks to fastly once again for having our cdn back or front i guess technically either way check them out at fastly.com and the breakmaster cylinder for keeping our beats farm fresh and glitching That's all for now. We'll talk to you again next time on Go Time.